0: Super Trofeo. On Imser Radio, part of the radio show limited network. Super Trofeo, and it is rounds three and four here at Watkins Glen this weekend. When you look over the countryside, the greenery, the hills, the vineyards in the background, you might think that we were back in Monterey, California, where the season started, but that is not the case. The Finger Lakes area of New York, where they have been road racing since 1948, all started on the streets of the village of Watkins Glen New York in 1948 then moved to a temporary circuit in 1953 and now here we are since 1992 the racetrack has looked like this 3.45 miles in length and all kinds of elevation changes that means all kinds of challenges great passing zone difficult braking zone though down into the turn one then flying up through the S's Close to 170 miles an hour for these Lamborghinis as they head to the inner loop and then down through the boot, some great passing zones. The toe of the boot, the hairpin here brings you up the hill. There's a look at the bus stop that was added in 1992. That's the inner loop. It cut down the straightway speeds into that big carousel at the end of the back straightaway. and this racetrack has everything in the world that you could want and sometimes things you don't want welcome everyone i'm Brian hill along with jeremy shaw we'll call all the action for you today and jeremy lamborghinis at watkins Glen. it doesn't get any better than this
1: it does not brian a fantastic field the cars here the largest field ever in lamborghini super Trofeo in north america unfortunately we lost a couple after the qualifying sessions this morning we had incidents for both uh, dan decker and for tom tate their cars that will not be repaired for today uh Tom Tate certainly is done for the weekend. Uh, Dan Decker, though, they, they, it's just a, a rear corner on that car, but there wasn't enough time between qualifying and the race to get it prepared. But it should be out tomorrow. So uh, both drivers are just fine, and uh, they'll be watching this race uh, with uh, with uh, great eager anticipation to get ready for tomorrow's race.
0: When we talk about these cars on this racetrack too, Jeremy, and the speeds at which they Traverse not only the corners, but down the back straightaway. Well over 600 horsepower, over 400 foot-pounds of torque, traction control, anti-lock brakes, and really not a lot of aerodynamics. I mean, obviously, this Lamborghini Uricon Super Trofeo Evo 2 is an aerodynamic car, but when you compare it to GT3 cars that run in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, the Lamborghinis there have a lot more downforce, and consequently... These here in Lamborghini Super Trofeo considerably faster down the straightaways.
1: These cars are super fast. Yeah, I mean they do over 150 miles an hour before they reach the crest of the hill. Of the S is there. I mean these cars are really, really fast. A couple of drivers who are in this race will also be taking part in the Salem Six Hours of the Glen, the Imsa Welltech Sports Car Championship race on Sunday in GT3 Lamborghinis. And these cars are carrying about 15 miles an hour more as they head into the inner loop. So yeah, they are a challenge.
0: Well over 170 miles an hour, just cresting 170 miles an hour as you get on the brakes and only go down two gears for the inner loop. So you're not slowing down all that much from 170 to just under 100 miles an hour there to get it through the inner loop. We talk about the driver aids as well. Traction control, nine different positions six-speed transmission the abs the anti-lock braking system 12 different positions there so a very complicated car and once again four different classes not of car jeremy but of driver competing today
1: that's right we have the pro drivers we've got the pro am class we have the am drivers we also have the lb cup which is basically for drivers who've had very little racing experience and there's a full gamut of uh, of uh, eight, eight cars in the lb cup we lost one of them down Decker won't be racing this afternoon but uh, yeah full field have so got six pros 11 pro ams nine ams and eight lb cups so a total of 34 starting this race it's going to be a handful it's going to be a really fun race and you yeah, know we, we we saw we've had two practice sessions yesterday uh, qualifying this morning unfortunately qualifying both of the qualifying sessions there's 15 minutes of qualifying to set the grid for each of the two races this weekend both of them were interrupted by red flags. so the second race actually no one got a flying only only half a dozen cars got a flying lap in so the grid for tomorrow's race will be set by practice times from yesterday in free practice too
0: well and if you're a fan of lamborghini super trofeo and why wouldn't you be You might see something a little different right now and that is on these reconnaissance laps these pace laps the clock has now started as they come across the line the second time this is a little different for this weekend an action-packed crammed schedule here at Watkins Glen and the promoters always want to give these drivers an opportunity to get their tires up to temperature and pressure there's typically a reconnaissance lap and then a single pace lap with a trip down pit Lane in between the two. Really not time for that today, so they're going to give him two laps behind the safety car as they go out. But the clock starts on the second lap, so a little different than what you would normally see. The clock now running. We will have a side-by-side start when they come by the line the next time, but there'll be a couple of minutes off the clock because it's going to take probably three and a half minutes or so for this lap behind the safety car. The clock is running.
1: It will. should we have a rundown of the, uh, the starting order for this race. Center 36, well, 34th on the grid will be A.J. muss. Who's an AM contender for 47 Motorsports? He actually qualified on the pole in the AM class, up inside the top 10, but unfortunately, after qualifying, that car was uh, found out of technical specification. Uh, Rear wheel camber, basically, was more than is allowed this weekend. So he's been put all the way to the back in car number 66. Alongside him on the group would be Chris Tasker in car number 45. Row 16, Ron Atapatu in car number 24 for Answer Motorsports, alongside Raymond Davoudi in car number 11. Row 15 on the grid is Tiger Tower in car number 17. Alex Lima from Brazil making his debut this weekend in the number 07 car. Ophir Levy will start in the 20, uh, 28th position alongside Fred Roberts in car number 89. Uh, ahead of them on the grid is Mark Wilgis in car number 50 and Jade Logan in car number 70. Row 12 is John Hirschberg in car number 86 and Graham Doyle in car number 10. Row 11, Jeff Courtney in count number 99, and then the LB Cup pole sitter for the first time, Rodrigo Valles, who did a super job for TR3 Racing, be fastest of the LB Cup contenders in 21st on the grid. 10th row, Todd Coleman making his debut this weekend in Lamborghini Super Trofeo in count number 96 alongside Paul Nemshoff in car number 41. Row nine, Mo Dadka in car number 47 and Slade Stewart in car number 14. Row eight is Dominic Starkweather in car number 12 and Anthony McIntosh in car number 69. Row seven, Carter Williams, number 22, and Nico Riga making his return to the series this weekend in car number 20. Row 6 is Tyler Hoffman in the car number 9, second fastest of the AM contenders. Alongside him, Johannes van Overbeck in car number 68. On the AM pole, 10th position overall, David Starb in car number 48 for Precision Performance Motorsports. Alongside him, one of the pro AM contenders is Nate Stacey in car number 8 two pro cars on row four of the rig, jake walker in number 77 and nico jamin from france in number 30. row three is two pro am cars luke berkeley in number 42 and joel miller in number 55. two pro cars on row two is uh, kyle marcelli uh, and uh, ryan norman and on the front row of the rig, the pro am pole to john campestri Dubets and on the pole position for the first time in his career overall gianni Torino in number 88 for tr3 racing
0: a great field. They are lined up, ready to go. Preston Buckley in the starter stand looks over the field, throws the green, racing at Watkins Glen and Lamborghini Super Trofeo. Pro car on the pole outside the green and black. That's the pole sitter in the Pro-Am entry. you got to know who you're racing with. You're after your own championship. But up here right now in front with Pro and Pro-Am, you've got to get through this first lap, let things get settled down and then you can get down to business.
1: And a good start there from the pole in, in that uh, Italian tricolore colored car, the red, white, and green, Giano Torino. He's originally from South Africa, but his father is uh, very proudly from Italy, and it's the Italian colors he carries on, that, uh, uh, carries on that TR3 car. Super start from him. He's won races before, sharing with Marco Spinelli last season, uh, uh, but uh, this is his first time on the pole position himself and leading at the front and doing so very impressively.
0: Very impressive, and Jeremy, we've watched young Gianno Torino for the last several years. He just gets better and better, faster in the car, and I think better inside the helmet. He's thinking better. He's more mature. He's a better racer these days, and you see it right now on those cold hand-cooked tires, able to pull out a lead right now and it's beginning to stretch out just a little bit over jcd john capestro debetz
1: he's got a great head on his shoulders as giano he's a really focused young man he was there late yesterday evening working on the cars helping the crew getting ready for today's qualifying and then the race today really impressive young man he's uh, you know for, for somebody uh, that young just uh, 19 years of age he's got a really good head on his shoulders and what a great first lap this has been for giano he's already pulled away from john capestro debetz who's doing a lot of racing in a lot of different series and uh, Torino, he's got what 15 carlets between himself and a second place car coming up toward the completion of the first racing lap.
0: Coming to look at the start line for the first time, as you said it first lap in the books. Toronto has led it. Torino has led it, I should say. And then John Capestro de Bets. Kyle Marcelli now up to third after qualifying fourth. And after such a perfect weekend at Weathertech Raceway Laguna Seca for the number one car, were you a little bit surprised? at the lack of pace and i don't want to really call it lack of pace we're only talking tenths of seconds jeremy but were you surprised by the number one car in qualifying
1: yeah a little bit they've been pretty conservative this weekend they've got a good uh, lead They, they won both races the first two races of the championship this season at weathertech raceway laguna seca out on the west coast so they come here already with a pretty handy points lead so, you know, they're just being cautious. There's been a few concerns this weekend, and they want to make sure that everything is under control. They don't need to win every race. And plus, it's a long race. It's 50 minutes. They know they've got two fast drivers uh, in uh, in Sally and uh, from Costa Rica, and... Uh, Danny Formal, excuse me, Danny Formal, who will be driving the second half of this race. So, you know, they've got good, good consistent pace between the two of them. And so for for, for Marcel, in the early stages, just kind of bide his time, keep his position and hand the car over to Danny, who will see what he, he could do in the final stages.
0: I think the big thing at Watkins Glen this weekend for every driver in Lamborghini Super Trofeo is that new tire that they're all running on. So it's really kind of a new ball game for all of them one of those deals where you, you know the car and what it likes around this racetrack, but you don't know that hand tire all that well. This racetrack known for being really, really hard on the tires, and it's one of the reasons that in tech there is a spec for the amount of negative camber that you can run. That's how the tires lean in at the top, hopefully not out at the top, usually in at the top, meaning negative camber. If you run too much negative camber, you get on that inside shoulder of the tire, it heats it up a lot. So I think maybe for Kyle Marcelli, you pointed to it, Jeremy. Be smart with the car. More importantly, be smart with the tire because you don't know that much about it, and you've got to hand your teammate who's going to run to the checkered flag a good car that'll be stable all the way to the end.
1: Well, that's the key here, of course, and uh, you know that certainly the the way Taylor Racing with Andretti Sport, uh camp—they're running a handful of cars here, so you know they they, they know what these cars take the the car that was uh, fastest in am this morning uh, aj muss for 47 motorsports he was really really quick uh, his teammates joel miller uh, and uh, and jake walker were both fast as well not all of those cars of course went through tech so you, you would think that all three 47 motorsports cars were running the same specifications in terms of the setup going into qualifying uh, the two the other two cars weren't teched But uh, only one of them was, and that was the car that was ultimately thrown out and put to the back. So uh, I'm sure that team has gone back to the drawing board to make sure all the cars are properly uh, specified. Proper respect for this race with the right camber angles on those on those tyres because certainly running more camber is going to give it the better feel for the driver and, and more grip through the corners as well. But it also takes a lot more out of the tyres, and that is why that uh, camber restriction was brought in for this race weekend here at Watkins Glen
0: International. Gianno Torino leads overall. Jean Capestro de Betts runs in second on the racetrack but first in the Pro Am class. He and his teammate. Championship leaders in Pro-Am and then David Staub back in the Am category runs 10th overall, but leads in Am and Rodrigo Valles in LB Cup aboard the number 34 leads in that class four different classes of drivers as we said and The reason that we point to drivers is because they all drive the exact same Lamborghini Huracan Super Trofeo Evo 2 and that is unique, I think, in motorsports, Jeremy, where the different classes, the different experience levels all drive the same car. You know, it's it's one of those things that I think it really gives you as a driver a measuring stick. You're new. You want to come up. You want to improve. Well, guess what? The guy that's winning the pro races is running the exact same car you are. You've got something to measure from.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And, uh, you know, it's it, it's one of the cool things about this series. And there's there's drivers of all ages here, of all uh, levels of experience as well, and with uh, all there's so many teams and having teammates to to compare notes with after each session, you know everybody can learn. So uh, it, it's 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 a tremendous series. It's really grown in stature and in in in, de- in demand over the last few years. We've got huge fields this season. Thirty six cars came here to start the weekend, uh, and uh, there's there's at least two or three more I gather that we could. Could be we could be seeing over the next couple of race weekends. So it's a series that's on the rise. It's it's extremely popular
0: and getting more so. Extremely popular worldwide. Three different worldwide Lamborghini Super Trofeo championships, and as you said, it continues to grow. The lead continues to grow for giano Torino out in front. Meanwhile, behind things have settled down, and I think this is part of that unknown about this new tire here at Watkins Glen. You're going to be smart. You're going to take care of it. You've got to have something to hand over to your teammate. This racetrack, so fast, we talked about it. Well over 130 miles an hour from the time you enter turn two and climb the S's, you're over 150 miles an hour on the way out. Down at the end of the back straightaway, 5A and 5B, well over 100 miles an hour. So there are a lot of quick corners on this racetrack which put serious, serious demand on the tires here so you've got to be smart and hand your teammate a car to run to the checkered flag with luke berkeley aboard that purple lamborghini as they head up through the s's and on to the back straight or it runs third in pro-am
1: yeah that's the key here is uh, you're looking after the tires and making sure everything is is in good shape for, for the end of the race here we've still got uh, 38 minutes remaining, so it'll be, it'll be another eight minutes before the the pit uh, stop window opens everybody will have to make a mandatory pit stop and there's a minimum time that the the cars have to spend on pit lane uh, and that time is measured as the cars come into pit lane to the time they exit pit lane and get back onto the racetrack and that minimum time the, the for the for the races this weekend's 120 seconds uh, for the driver for the cars that have two drivers with a big sharing during this race for the Singleton drivers the solo drivers their sort will be three seconds more a minimum of three seconds more so 123 seconds for them they give them a little bit more time than usual here this weekend in order for each of the teams to Measure the uh, the uh, tire pressures on the cars during the pit stop to make sure that they are again within comfortable bounds as far as the uh, tire company is concerned, and I think that's a really sensible move that is has been made by the officials this weekend, so the pit supposed a little bit longer than usual, but it's the same for
0: everybody. As you watch the leader come down the front straight away, you can identify the different classes that are out there by that little triangle on the window banner, upper right, different colors, orange for Pro, yellow for Pro-Am, green for M and blue for LB Cup. So in that right side of the windscreen as the car is coming to you, you can see that color or as they go by and you'll know what class it is. Also on the back of the car, there is a small chiclet, we'll call it designating the class. So if you're behind somebody and you're not really sure who it is, you'll know whether it's your class car or not. By kind of identifying that little chicklet on the back, that helps you know, at least early on, do I really want to risk a lot to get by a car that's not in my class? But in that second run after the pit stop if you're separated from your nearest competitor by another class car i think the risk reward level has to go up jeremy
1: well yeah that's right and, and, and unlike in some series that have two drivers per car uh, it's up to the teams and drivers amongst themselves to decide which of them starts the first race and which of them starts the second we had two qualified sessions this morning each of 15 minutes uh, the first driver the first session set the grid for race one this race this afternoon the second 50 minutes set the grid for race two although as we said that was uh, cut short through due, due to an accident but uh, the, the, for some of the the cars the difference in lap times between the two drivers is pretty big so you know, the cars might be fast at the beginning of the race and not so much at the end or the other way around. So again, it's it's, uh, paying attention to who is around you on the racetrack, just
0: like you were talking about a couple of minutes ago. Nothing big here, at least as far as the lead goes. This is the AM battle for the lead. The 48 right now of David Staub has it. Second place, the number nine of Tyler Hoffman wants it. They've run this way for a while, and I've watched David Staub begin to kind of drift off of apexes a little bit jeremy especially as they head down into the boot section of the racetrack almost like the front end of that number 48 isn't quite working for him perhaps burning those front tires down and when he does get to the apex like he did there in turn one it seems like hoffman has the better run through the middle of the corner
1: yeah david certainly did a good job in qualifying to get that pole position he's holding on here but not by much from tyler hoffman who's right with him these two very very closely matched last season david sub just missed out on the on the am championship uh, by by four points he was sharing his car last year with nico rigos now driving uh, in the in, in a different uh, for a different team this year but uh, he's hanging on here ahead of tyler hoffman who's pretty experienced in a whole bunch of different cars but not really in the pro racing ranks but since he moved into this championship last season he's gradually gaining in these cars and races very very well uh, gotta say Gian torino at the front of the field doing super consistent laps each the last two laps within a tenth of a second and we're also within a two tenths of a second of his fastest lap of the race his best lap was a 147.903 that was set on lap three of the race here we are now seven laps in the books his last lap was a 50 a 48.0 and even that was a tenth of a second quicker than john Capestu dubets in second position so really nice consistent run for young giano torino
0: just under four minutes to the opening of the pit window and this order has settled down and I I really think that Kyle Marcelli running third in that bright red number one has just kind of said this is where I'm going to run we have a plan for the second part of the race and I've got to tell you running the plan a lot of times is frustrating Jeremy because you want to go but your engineer is telling you here's the pace I need you to go to make sure that your teammate has a car underneath them at the end and right now i think they're running the plan not running the car wide open
1: well exactly right and uh yeah we talked about the two different drivers lucas peterson will take over from giano torino uh, in the, uh, the the car that's leading at the moment so lucas this weekend hasn't been quite as quick as giano who's really got to, to grips with this track extremely well um Uh, JCD, John Capestro Dubetsu, running in second position at the moment in the Pro-Am class. he will hand over the car to the Am driver, Tom Capizzi, who certainly isn't as quick as the the other pros that are running behind him, uh, which would be Kyle Marcelli at the moment and Ryan Norman. So for Kyle uh, at the moment, he's about three seconds behind Gianno Torino. But again, with 30 minutes remaining in in this race and with, with Danny Formal to take over at the wheel, after the pit stops he knows he's he's exactly where he needs to be in order to give Danny formal an opportunity to challenge for the lead
0: in the late stages you know it's interesting Jeremy right now I'm watching a lot of cars wander around a little bit I just watched Kyle Marcelli through the inner loop the bus stop as we call it um, and well off of that second left hand apex and I would call it a mistake but I'm not sure that it is I think a lot of it may have to do with um, some of these regulations as far as setup goes, the camber and the toe in the back. We didn't talk about the toe. That's the angle of the tire, whether it points in or out on the on the rear of the car. You don't want it pointing out by any stretch of the imagination. The more it points in to some degree, the more stability you have in the car. And so there is a toe in limitation and there's a camber limitation. A lot of the drivers saying, the car just isn't as predictable and stable as it has been uh, in the past with those specifications given to them as far as setup goes, and I think we might be seeing that yeah. in some of these apexes that are missed. The car just a little bit more unstable, unsure in the back. Yeah,
1: that's exactly right. Uh, a few of the drivers have told me the car feels kind of floaty, not as planted as it normally would be, uh, and that's a result of, of those uh, restrictions have been made to the setups of the cars this weekend so they're, they're they're not as comfortable i mean these cars i don't think are comfortable to drive at any at any particular time because they got a lot of horsepower they are seriously quick cars uh, and uh, you know they they dance around through the corners with all that power when you try and put that power on coming out of the corners uh, and with the setups they got now they they, you know, they they wander a little bit and they don't. They're not quite as confidence-inspiring, I think, as they were, as they were for the opening races of the season out on the west coast. But you know, it's the same for everybody. Drivers got to work with it, within, and they're doing a good job so far in this race. But it's nice and clean for this opening uh, 30 minutes, and the the pit stop window is going to be opening in less than a half a minute's time. It might be too fast for some of the leaders to come in, but some of the guys farther down the field they're going to be able to make their pit stop uh, uh, at the end of this lap. Leaders working
0: past Chris Tosca there and doing a nice job of staying out of the way. And you've got those battles all around the racetrack, like we talked about in the four different classes. And especially in in classes like Pro-Am, there can be a a pretty significant delta or differential between the Pro driver in the car and the Am driver in the car. If you're in one of those other classes, you really want to know who's in the car during the stint that you're in because as you approach that other car, you want to know what to expect from that driver that's in it
1: yeah it's, uh, that is true is this uh, this battle going on for the am lead with david starb still holding on there ahead of tyler and behind the, both of them is johannes van overbeck who making his return to racing this season. he retired what half a dozen so years ago he's been in race control for him for the last several years as a driver standards steward and now here he is back at the wheel again uh, and behind these two AM cars. So, hats off to both David Starr and Tyler Hoffman for staying ahead of somebody as accomplished as Johannes
0: van Overbeck. Absolutely. And the leader continuing to work through traffic. That was the 24 Ron Adapatu, the elephant T entry that they just went by. Remember the 24. They had a great win at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. It was one of those deals where I think it was a, a little bit unexpected for Kevin Madsen and Ron Adipatu, but they played their cards just right in race one, came home with the win there. Not as fortunate in race two, but a great showing for that duo um, at, at at the last round at, at, out in California.
1: Yeah, very much so. I mean, yeah, it was definitely unexpected. I mean, they, they vaulted from nowhere. They were fifth or sixth, I think, on the last lap, and there was a a big schmozzle on the last lap and uh, they ended up with big winners of it but you know you've got to get yourself in position haven't you to win the race that's exactly what they did so hats off to them for doing that uh, it was a big feather in the cap both for ron and for uh, uh, for kevin madsen who was making his debut and a victorious debut it was for him in the lamborghini super trofeo uh, in his home state so he was pretty thrilled with that here is uh, ron in that number that very distinctive elephant T car number 24 with the uh, United States flag on it, really cool-looking car, uh, and he's going to hand over that car to Kevin Madsen for the second half of this race. The top uh, seven cars, well, the, the the half hour had not expired by the by the time they crossed the start-finish line. The first of the of the cars on the lead lap to make his pit stop was Car kind of Number 77. That's Jake Walker, who was running in eighth position. He is on pit lane and is about
0: probably half the field onto pit lane at the earliest opportunity championship leader. Zan Khan Marcelli steps out of the number one. Danny Formal will take that over. And it's always amazing to me, you know when the car is working well, you saw Marcelli just step out, never said a word to his teammate. He had a job to do. He's got to get in, get strapped in. Marcelli just about his business, gets out of the pit lane, goes back over where he needs to be, just going through the motions that they have rehearsed so well. Some of the teams taking the time to change tire pressures. They're going to check the torque with that single torque wrench very minimalistic pit stops here you're not fueling you're not changing tires and it's part of the beauty and the simplicity if you want to call it that when you have 600 plus horsepower underneath you jeremy but it's part of the simplicity of the series
1: yeah it is it's it's, it's, it's pretty it is a great series this i mean it's it's the cars are so much fun to drive it's there's a fantastic camaraderie here lamborghini has a sensational new hospitality setup for this weekend Uh, there's a lot of guests here a lot of dealership guests as well and in addition to the driver championships there's also a a separate championship for the teams and also the the dealers the dealerships around the country that are all represented on the racetrack there's more than a dozen dealerships represented a lot of them have guests here at the weekend and you know, there's a big party atmosphere down there and i'm, f- I'm planning to join them to, for dinner this evening if they'll have me uh, and uh, get to know some of these guys a little bit better some of the uh, you know the the people we don't see on a regular basis at the racetrack but uh, look hey, hey gianna torino continues to lead he's staying out he'll probably stay out uh, as long as he possibly can before handing over the car to lucas peterson for the second stint. he's doing a really nice job i mean he's extending his lead over john capestri debetz in second place uh, and he was pulling away also from uh, Kyle Marcelli, too. So he's, he's really doing a nice job. One minute, 48.2 last time around for Giano Torino. Uh, the only guy, I think that's faster than anybody else in this entire race. So that's how, how, how good a job he's doing. Consistent, fast pace at the front of the field for that distinctive number 88 car.
0: Lamborghini Palm Beach, the dealership associated with the 88 they've got to be happy you watch the front end of the lamborghini dive under heavy braking into what we call the heel of the boot that's turn eight here at watkins Glen. then a very difficult kind of crest of a hill turn nine back onto what's known as the short course and then the very very quick turn ten as torino flashing the lights there saying hey i'm coming through he doesn't want to be held up now is the time to make time On your other competitors while you've got clean racetrack you've talked about how fast this car is jeremy it looks to be one of the more solid chassis out there i've not seen torino off the apexes not seen the car wandering like i have with some of the other quality drivers in the field
1: yeah i agree i mean it really is a a very impressive performance by far the best uh, for this young man in his in his young career i mean still only 19 years of age He, he, he scored two four wins last year in the overall along with marco spinelli who's a who's a factory lamborghini driver uh, but uh, this year uh, he's you know he's he's the lead driver on this car effectively and for this team tr3 racing it's a new team for him this season he's really gelled well with that team and uh, and just uh, again good consistent last lap around a little bit slower because he had some traffic on that last lap but it was still a, a one minute 49 so it cost him about a second but still you know he, he's uh, he's comfor- comfortably ahead
0: of John Capestro do First apex I've seen Torino miss as he headed down through turn six, the laces of the boot to the toe of the boot, climbing uphill, third gear corner, minimum speed in that corner, around 70 plus miles an hour. So even though it's a hairpin, because it climbs, you can get good grip on those hand-cooked tires and accelerate up and off, up to fourth gear, and then back to third for turn eight. The right-hander that leads you back to the short course here at the Glen. Torino up front, then JCD. John Capestro de Betts runs second, but first in Pro-Am, followed by Joel Miller. None of those cars have made their pit stop yet. And the pit window will be less than three minutes to go. I would expect to see them in this time by. Uh,
1: yeah, probably next. They could probably do one more lap, I think, uh, without yeah, being worried about but that you're time limit. Yeah. No, not really. He's got, as you say, it's it's... Uh, what uh, two, nearly three minutes lap around here is less than two, so he should be fine as long as it's not a full course caution. However, oh, yeah, if a full that's, course that's caution, that's my point. Well, okay, fair <laughs> enough. If there's a full course caution, then pits are closed, uh, and then he would be, uh, well, what's the technical term for that? Um, messed up, let's say, because uh, he would have to uh, delay his pits a bit The second place car, I think, has realised that. Here is John Cooper's Jody onto the pit lane, and he will hand over December 46 car for performance. Uh, uh, performance, uh, precision performance motorsports to Tom Capizzi for the second
0: stint. Capizzi comes around the back of the Lamborghini and he will take over from JCD. John Capestro de Betz, one of these drivers who has been known to us for a while, Jeremy, but really over the last, I would say, two seasons has come into his own. He's had more opportunity and when you get opportunity, you have to make the best of it. And that young man has been able to do exactly that. When the opportunities have been given to him, he has made the best of him. And every time he makes the best of that opportunity, guess what? He gets another one.
1: Yeah, he does, doesn't he? And it's uh, really, really impressive. He again, he's a hard worker, as, as you suggest there. He's from uh, Southern California, from San Diego area. Uh, he's been coaching for for a lot of years. And you know, this opportunity has come up. He's. Uh, Hooked up with Tom Capizzi in a different series over the last couple of years And they both have decided together to move into Lamborghini Super Trofeo And they've uh, taken to these cars like a duck to water last year John Capestri drove in this series with a different co-driver Bryson Liu, Won the, uh, the uh, Pro-Am Championship Now with, a, with this different co-driver With whom he's driven in a different series in the past Tom Capizzi again in good, in good uh, said coming into this weekend With a pole position today He's tied on points with the Chandra uh, Chandrasoma, who is the other points leader. Here, though, is our race leader, John Torino, in for his mandatory pit stop.
0: I tell you, it just cuts it close, uh, right at a minute to go. And here's the problem. If you cut down a tire, full course yellow, if they close the pit lane, that may help him because they may say, hey, there was a minute left. The next time by, you know, we'll let you in. But, man, you're relying... It's like playing baseball with a 3-2 count and relying on the umpire to put you on base. You know, uh, you don't rely on somebody else. You rely on yourself. You make good decisions. It just cuts it close, especially around a long racetrack like this. I would always like to have one lap in hand it works out this time i'm just not that much of a gambler
1: well there you go that's why you're not racing anymore i mean these guys are,
0: <laughs> these guys are they take
1: risks don't they and that's it was a risk there for sure to stay out there but it's paid off he's come in he's now made his stop lucas peterson is is aboard that is aboard that car there checking the tyre pressures we've got the extra time settled aside to do so uh, and then you know when the uh, there's the, a the, the clock on the dashboard it'll tell him when he can leave the pit stall. He knows exactly how long it takes to get from his pit small stall to the pit, the exit line, and uh, that minimum time from pit in to pit out, he, he knows exactly everything is, is preset in these cars. It's sort of idiot-proof. There's lights on dashes and all sorts of things these days to, to help the drivers, all sorts of driver aids, Not like in our day, right?
0: Well, I, I hope nobody messes uh, it uh, up uh, now uh, that you've said it's idiot-proof, uh, uh, but um, yeah, it is fascinating How it is counted down, there's a system that most of these teams use that it it does make it relatively simple if you maintain the speed that you're supposed to by holding the pit lane speed limiter button all the way in to your stop and all the way out, and you sit for a certain period of time. It is simple math, um, and then you can get back out there. But if you're short, you do pay a penalty. If you're less than a second short, there's a multiplier that gets put in. If you're more than a second short, well, the pit, uh, the penalty is much more severe.
1: Yeah, that's right. So that's certainly something that the uh, teams need to pay attention to. Look at the uh, the pit exit here. That is the red and white Harrison contracting car of uh, Danny Formal. And uh, he's quite a long way behind, isn't he? Uh, the uh, Italian Livered car now heading out of the inner loop, whereas only now is uh, Danny Formal coming into it. So that's a pretty big deficit. That was a great first stint uh, from from, uh, Giano Torino. Really, really impressive first stint.
0: I agree. And I'll also harken back to something that I said earlier as I watched Danny Formal come into the bus stop under braking that time. The stability of the platform of the number one does not look as sound to me as the 88 that Giano Torino has been on board that Peterson now has control of. It just doesn't look. I'll use a Joey Hand term. It just doesn't look comfy, Jeremy. You <laughs> know, <laughs> both under braking and
1: at corner entry. Yeah, no, fair comment. I think, and that car has been planted. Uh, this yeah, they got lots of information from the drivers there at TR3 Racing. They've expanded with an extra couple of cars this weekend. I think that certainly helped them, uh, and uh, John Altrino re- really taking advantage of that. Yeah, that is uh, that, that the battle there as ooh, peterson looks to the inside of a, a slower car coming to the final corner that's going to cost him a fair bit of time meanwhile danny four now is right with tom capizzi and trying to make a pass which will
0: be for second position on the road Gianno torino was watching that it might have taken a couple of years off <laughs> That was close. That yeah. was close. Your car in the lead, and then it, it, it's what we always say. It's never over until it's over. Now things are mixed up. It's a new group of drivers out there. No one really has been around each other, so you got to go kind of find your way and figure out who's where and who drives like what, and it's going to take a couple of laps to get that sorted out, especially as you're working through that traffic. Well, that's right, and, and the complexion of
1: the of race could be quite different in the second stint because we're going to see... The drivers that had their, the, 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 the cars that had their faster driver in early on slipping back now as the slower driver gets in, and other cars that had their, that waited to put their faster car, faster driver in the car, they're going to move up as this race progresses. The, uh, the, the cars that don't have to change drivers, well, they'll be running a similar pace all the way through, but it's a fascinating format here, and uh, 9.5 seconds was the lead that Lucas Peterson had over Tom Capizzi in second position as they cross the line to complete their 16th lap. Uh, That was the out lap, though, for Lucas. uh, And uh, I think Tom Capizzi, I think he lost second position overall to Danny... Whoops, there's a mistake by Peterson at turn eight, Brian. That's going to bring Danny Formal a lot closer. Is he in, in
0: sight there? Yeah, just about maybe coming out of turn eight. Uh, that was interesting. He uses the runoff, and now a problem for the 46 as well. The question is, is there's something on the racetrack there, Jeremy. We've seen two cars, two good cars, front-running cars, with a problem in the same brake zone. Oops. Oh, and another one. Uh-oh. That's the 30.
1: Yeah, that's uh, Sebastian Saavedra in the Ansamo sports car, running in the sixth position. Uh, here, former IndyCar driver. He's uh, just his second, second weekend in these cars. And you know, another. Oh, yeah, that's Wesley Slimp. Uh, in the car that was driven earlier in the race by Tyler Hoffman, that was car was was running for, well for
0: the lead, challenging for the lead in the AM class. There it's, must yeah. be fluid of some type on the racetrack. It seems to be between turn in and apex. We've had several cars with problems there. Forty six goes around. That just looked like a spin on his own, and I would have said that's not a big deal. He just made a driver error, but. We saw the 88 do it, and maybe Saavedra spins with sympathy, but I yeah. think he's a more experienced driver than that. I'm wondering if we've got some kind of a limited traction situation there yeah. turn into Apex.
1: Could be and nine. And that spin for uh, Tom Capizzi, that cost Danny Formal quite a bit of time, he had to get on the brakes to avoid making contact with Capizzi, so he had not made that pass for a second position before that moment for Capizzi so uh, Lucas Peterson even with that moment, it was a 1 minute 53.3 for him whereas his, uh, his co-driver uh, had been turning laps in the 48s pretty comfortably all the way through that stint, so it cost him a lot of time but even th- with that, he was able to extend his lead over Danny Formal up into third position now is Ryan Norman in kind number 84. Then Jake Walker, who's done a really nice job for the 47 motorsports team in kind of 77. So the top four cars are all pros. There's another, ooh, several spinners. That's in turn Here's one, what it? I see
0: is raindrops on the camera. And I'm oh, thinking right. about the way this racetrack is laid right. out, Jeremy turn one is pretty much in line yeah, that's with exactly right turn eight where we saw the problems before yeah and it, it is certainly uh, drizzling here and contact turn one there is some contact that's
1: the exit of turn one uh right so uh, top four cars are all pros then the pro-am leader is still tom capizzi but Kjorn tanden oh. has closed him right down in car number 42 uh the youngster and the full course yellow okay so the officials Have recognized the fact that the track is getting really slippery out there, and out comes a full course caution with 13 minutes to go. Everybody on slick tires. If it rains heavily, uh, this race could be uh,
0: this could be it for the race. That's significant impact, and I believe it looks like the 96. There, a lot of times you get that loss of grip going through one, and the car hooks back to the inside. I think that's what has happened there. You see that rear damage? Find out what happens. Oh, he gets. you can tell that it's just no grip. Car's going off one, yeah. two, three. Yeah. And you would think it's... that there would be a slippery flag being displayed, the red and yellow flag being displayed at the entry to turn one. And he just gets up on the paint, which probably has... Moisture on it and around it goes. Traction control is not going to help you at that point in time. Uh, no,
1: it's not, is it? And uh, yeah, a lot of cars sliding wide there. So uh, Lucas Peterson still leads this race. But if we go back to green, it's going to take a while to sort out the field because there was a whole bunch of cars about to be lapped by Peterson. Um, and uh, th- there'll probably be some cars in between Peterson and the second place car, which is now Danny For He got past uh, Capizzi when Capizzi spun um but there's probably going to be some cars in between them if and when we get back to green but for now it's going to take quite a while to sort out this field as you see we've got cars directly ahead of the race leader, so the safety car is going to come out pick up the race leader and let those cars that are currently just ahead of him uh pull away and go around to, to rejoin the back of the field
0: It was Todd Coleman aboard the 96 that had the problem in turn one, one of the cars that had a problem. He's the one that made the contact with the wall, unfortunately. I think he's been able to drive that car out of the way, so the cleanup may not take very long, but we've got to get the field sorted, as you said, Jeremy, and get everything back in order before we can go back green. The interesting thing about this Watkins Glen International Raceway is that it is somewhat long and thin, and the weather systems that come through here can create an absolute deluge and havoc on one end of the racetrack, and the other end is perfectly dry. So for the drivers right now, if I'm Peterson out in front, I don't, I don't mind seeing this yellow flag, Jeremy. It gives me an opportunity behind the safety car to really take uh, stock of what the racetrack is like, kind of feel around for grip while I'm at reduced pace, and kind of get an idea as to if we do go back green, where will i have grip and where am i going to need to tiptoe yeah you,
1: you're you're absolutely right and you know if there's no doesn't seem to be any more rain at the moment so if it stays if there is no more rain we should be able to go back to green but if there is heavier rain with all the cars on slick tires i think the race officials would have no choice but to show the uh, the red flag and, and quite likely the checkered because this is a time certain schedule that to imsa runs there's uh you know more practice sessions and qualifying for different series to come up later this afternoon so uh, they're not really going to have the opportunity to extend this race beyond the 10 minutes that are remaining right now but the safety car uh, has picked up the race leader and there's one two three cars i think in between lucas peterson and the second place car overall that's down in four miles so a couple of laps get three lap cars in between the first and second place cars.
0: Another Don't car see any behind windshield well. wipers are on, on any of the cars, Jeremy. So that kind of tells me that the rain is gone. And it happens that quickly, doesn't it? It comes and goes. And if you're the unfortunate one, the first one into the corner where it has dropped some rain, I can't tell you how quickly the grip goes away when you're on slick tires and that racetrack gets just that little bit of sheen on it. All of the oil... The chemicals that have been dropped over the weekend all of a sudden kind of come to the surface with that little bit of moisture that's there, and it just turns it into a skating rink.
1: The uh, yeah, yeah, these 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 slick tires from Hancock, they work beautifully well on, on a dry circuit circuit, but it, uh, they have no tread on no tread pattern whatsoever. So if there's a layer of moisture on the racetrack, you're right, you're just hydroplaning across the racetrack and you're off the road. Uh, you know it's it's not wet enough. For that to be catastrophic at this stage, it's just easy to make a mistake here, which is effectively what those guys did. Uh, Tol- Tolman's car has been pulled out of the way at, to turn one. So with a bit of luck, we should be able to go back to green before too long. Where are the cars now? They're headed into the uh, heel of the boots to turn eight. We Are the lights out on that safety car? Yeah, lights be are be out they? on the yeah. safety
0: car. You don't have to wait for those wave around cars to catch the rest of the field you've given them the opportunity to get around and get away you don't have to wait as an official for them to get back to the back and that's exactly what's going to happen here with time winding down lights out on the Lamborghini Uricon safety car Wave around cars are exiting the inner loop, and they'll have an opportunity to try to get as far as they possibly can. We're about to go racing again. Green flag waves. Preston Buckley with the green in the air one more time, and just over seven and a half minutes to go from Watkins Glen. Yeah, and there's three cars
1: between, and already, daddy Forlino's got past one of them. But a good start restart there by Lucas Peterson. Uh, do, looking back down the classes, Tom Capizzi still leads in Pro Am in Carnival kind of 46, just though, ahead of T- Kion Tandon, another youngster in Carnival kind of 42, who's uh, uh, studying at university these days. He's at, at UCLA, is Kion Tandon. He's studying basically artificial intelligence, amongst other things, which is rather scary. But uh, really, really impressive young man. He's challenging for the Pro Am. In Am is David Staub who just leads just. From Glenn McGee, right behind that's number 48 and 69 battle for the Am class. And in LB Cup, Mark Wilgus had, had not been lapped by the leader. Second place car, Rahelia Perugia, had been. So Mark Wilgus had has almost a full lap on the second place car in LB Cup. So that's car number, uh,
0: car number 50 that leads in LB Cup. Brian Till, Jeremy Shaw with you. Lamborghini Super Trofeo action from Watkins Glen and right now the 88 out in front lucas peterson behind the wheel and he needs to put his head down and go even though there was considerable distance between himself and the bright number one of danny from all here's the reason jeremy short pit stop on the 88 there will be a post-race time penalty of 1.767 Ooh. seconds on the 88, he needs to go. Danny all needs to go and close the gap as well. If he can get inside that time, he effectively would be your leader. It's Peterson who leads in pro, Capizzi in pro-am, David Staub in am, and Wilgus in the 50 in the lb cup yeah that's a good uh, good restart lap there for lucas peterson one minute
1: 50.1 danny formale the gap uh, back to second place four seconds between those two and only five minutes five and a half minutes remaining in this race so probably another three laps i think for the leaders that rain seems to have uh, gone away right now which is excellent news danny formale is going to put his head on he's just got past the number zero seven car that's one of the uh, am contenders but it's pierre klein who's taken over from from Alex Lima in that car and Pierre's quite quick. He did a good job to, to stay out of the way uh, and he's gonna just bring that car home. He's running in sixth position in the uh, AM class, but a lap behind several of the other
0: contenders. This is it, just over five minutes to go and Danny Fromall needs to go. There's still rain in the area. I saw some raindrops on the camera in turn one and all held up a little bit with that traffic, but no one in front Right now, of Peterson in the 88, that yellow sorted the field, moved everybody back around and left the racetrack open. Jeff Courtney was the first in the 99 of those wave around cars, and he is well in front of the leaders right now. So for Peterson and for Formal, you know, both of those crews, Jeremy, are on the radio going, leave nothing on the table. It is go time. Give us everything that you've got. For Formal, he doesn't have to get to the rear wing. He just has to get to within 1.76 seconds. Yeah, that's right. Uh, And with uh, the clock, he
1: is closing quite rapidly. Yeah, yeah, no no doubt about it. But it's certainly more than that uh, time differential at the moment. We'll see what the differential is as they come across the line there. Uh, But certainly Danny Formal is pushing hard in second position. Because Peterson, he'll know what sort of, uh, he knows how quick Danny Formal is. Uh, And he's just got to uh, do the best he can. one forty nine point four there for Lucas Peterson uh, against a one forty eight point six for Danny Fourmile. So that was uh, just he took off less gone less than a second. He took off point eight seconds. Yeah, but there's there's three point two seconds between them, and there's only three three laps to go. So. Uh, if lucas can maintain that sort of pace relative to the other guys he should be okay look at this battle farther down the field Ch- is uh, shien chandrasoma in car number 20 days now in second position in pro-am with mark miller trying to take that position away there's a great battle going on for second position in pro-am and uh, tom capizzi has actually pulled away a little bit so great job by tom in car number 46 he's running fifth overall and uh, th- and mark miller and uh, Shea and Chandrasova got past Keon Tandon on that
0: last lap. Look at this shuffling around into the inner loop. And this is what Peterson wants to see. It's what Formal does not want to see for Peterson. Well, no, Peterson doesn't want to see it either. A full course yellow would stack the field together and his 1.7 second lead would be gone. He wants to stay green. Both of those drivers wanted to stay green. Last time by Formal took 0.8 seconds out of the lead that peterson has what will it be this time just another few corners will know if Ramal has continued to close he's running out of time two and a half minutes to go yeah so this is should uh, be two laps pressure time
1: for lucas Peterson. just uh, keep his keep his wits about him just turn uh, good consistent laps here from here and he should be okay but uh, danny four has just said hit that car's best middle sector on this race so he is pushing hard trying to catch the race leader
0: 3.29 seconds the last time by, this time by, 2.5. He needs another .7 seconds. He's been getting about 7 to 8 tenths of a second per lap. He can do it this lap if he has a good run. If Peterson has any problem, for Formal will be there. He needs that 1.7 seconds, two to go. He's got time, Jeremy. He's he, got time. He
1: has. a Formal has just set the number one car's fastest lap of this race, even with the few spots of rain that we've had on the racetrack, it hasn't slowed the track down. He's doing a really nice job. I mean, Lucas' last lap was a 48-7, and that was within a second of Giano Torino in the early stages when the conditions were perfect. So uh, both these guys are pushing hard and doing a really, really nice job. Uh, just look at their sector times through the first sector as they head up toward the inner loop. There's only a tenth of a second between them
0: man, and this is the first time I've seen the 88 with that little wiggle in the breaking zone. Lucas Peterson taking everything he can, holding on to that raging bull, trying to keep it in front of Vermaul. He needs that 1.7 seconds, as we said, because of the short pit stop.
1: The other guy is flying through the field at the moment is Alex Prema in car number 70. He made up uh, three or four positions on that last lap and he's currently up to fifth position in Pro-Am. 11th place overall in car number 70. Danny Formale is on the ragged edge,
0: isn't he? he is and, and and if he runs a couple more corners like that the officials will get on him yeah. for track limits violations yep. he's outside that painted track out curbing in turn 8 both of these drivers leaving nothing on the table 2.549 seconds the last time by white flag and this time 2.4 he needs 0.7 he wasn't able to claw any of it out just a tenth of a second that time it's all come down to this final lap. The lap has to be perfect by both these drivers. A mistake by Peterson will hand the win to Fromall. And if Fermat makes a mistake, it's gone.
1: Yeah, Lucas Peterson needs one clean solid no mistakes lap and he's got this race won by be a narrow margin but uh the, the team will be telling him exactly what he needs to do and basically he needs to do whatever he did on the last lap do it again right now it's a 148.3 last time around for lucas peters and that's a really good lap at this stage i mean these two are more than a second faster than anybody else on the racetrack and they're pulling away. They've, uh, Ryan Norman is a full eight and a half seconds back in third position overall. But can, Dan, can Danny Formal close that gap through the first sector on this lap? He was about a tenth of a second quicker. He's going to have to do more than that in the final, what, uh, mile or so now of this race.
0: Interesting, though, the 88. I saw Lucas Peterson with a big slide in the middle of the bus stop. That will be lost time. Formal can see the car in front of him. He's trying to claw it down. He gained 6 tenths in the middle sector. That may be enough, is it? Three corners to go. Formal putting it all on the line, trying to stay perfect for he and his teammate this year, Kyle Marcelli in the Wayne Taylor Racing with Andretti Autosport entry, but the 88, Lucas Peterson, holds the fate of giano torino in his hand tr3 racing looking for the win here they'll cross the line first they'll take the checkered flag but what matters is the gap between the 88 and the one and for mall takes it wow danny from mall with a spectacular last lap but don't forget three other classes yet to be decided tom capizzi but holding on, 46 looks to the line, leads the field by, Capizzi takes the win in the 46. John Capestro de Bets. Tom Capizzi win in Pro Am. Wow,
1: great drive by Tom Capizzi, oh, it over from John Capestro de really, really impressive. There is David Starr to take the win in the Am class in caliber 48 for the Precision Performance Motorsports team. A little farther, or a long way farther back, is Mark Wilgus for Forte Racing, powered by US Race Tronics. That's Arrow, uh, Lamborghini, the black and green car, coming through the heel of the boot right now. He's got uh, a comfortable lead over everybody else in LB Cup. So this will be a, a third win, a perfect season it's been so far for Mark Wilgus. He won both of the LB Cup races at WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca, and to get to get, if you get through this final couple of corners, another win here at Watkins Glen International.
0: Mark Wilgus coming to the line, and as you said, continues a perfect season for him, just like the perfect season that Danny Formile and Kyle Marcelli have experienced so far. That was the fastest lap of the race yeah. for any car that Danny Formile put in. And what lap was it, Jeremy? Yeah.
1: It the was the
0: last one <laughs> where <laughs> it all counted.
1: It was. And, and Lucas Peterson, his last lap was about six-tenths slower than his previous lap. What did what I say halfway around that lap? He had to do exactly the, he did the same he did the previous lap. Unfortunately, it caused, he was half a second slower, and that was basically the difference between the two because on corrected time, Danny Formal will take the win by 0.423 of a second. Heartbreak for Lucas Peterson and Giano Torino did a fabulous job, but uh, Danny Formal, hats off to him, the Costa Rican... Uh, comes through at the last gas, a, a brilliant final lap to take the victory for Wayne Taylor racing with Andrea Aldersport and Harrison contracting Lamborghini and representing the uh, the, the dealership uh, from uh, Palm Beach who is already leading the dealership championship coming into this weekend
0: And that that just has to be absolute heartbreak for Lucas yeah. Peterson Gianno Torino coming across the line first but finishing in second and for the championship, Jeremy, that's just an added bonus for Marcelli and Formal.
1: Yeah, he's I mean, been. Yeah, it, it really is. And, uh, and you know, I'm sure the officials will, will want to look at the onboards there to see whether Danny Formal was exceeding those track limits because they've been calling track limits penalties all weekend long. If they uh, if he did exceed the limits. It certainly looked like he was off the road at turn eight on that last lap, I must admit. So uh, I'm sure the teams the other teams, particularly at TR3 racing, will want the officials to have a look at that uh, and perhaps uh, you know see, see whether that win is uh, is going to stand but it was certainly a brilliant final lap. I mean he really pulled everything on the line there did, did four mile and comes away with the win and
0: uh, impressively so Danny from all I'm sure that I mean think about this he didn't even know right he's putting in the drive of his life he doesn't know when he comes across the line with the 88 in front until the team looks at the timing it's corrected and then he can finally breathe because I got a feeling over that last 3.45 miles Jeremy he didn't take a breath
1: no I think you're probably right he (laughs) did hold his breath I think it was uh, he was yeah the the good I mean he had nothing to lose there, just everything to gain, just go as fast as he possibly could on that last lap, nailed the lap, uh, and comes away with the, with the victory. And uh, as, as we say, a heartbreak for, certainly for the number 88 team, but uh, hats off there to uh, Danny Formal and Carl Marcelli, who you know, just bided his time in that early stage of this race. He, uh, he just did exactly what he, what he needed to do, and uh, Danny Formal did the rest from there.
0: Danny Fermal, another driver in the field that's cementing his reputation as not only a race winner, but a championship contender and a champion as well when you look back to last year. 11.05 tomorrow, Lamborghini Super Trofeo North America comes at you again from Watkins Glen. It never disappoints. The racing always spectacular. The Raging Bulls back at Watkins Glen. We'll see you tomorrow. For Jeremy Shaw, I'm Brian Till. Take care, everyone.
1: This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com
0: and subscribe to IMSA Radio, wherever you get your podcasts.